Leach Report Radio Network is on the air, and it's time to do some Monday morning quarterbacking with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach, and former Wildcat signal caller, Freddie Maggard. Live from Wild Eggs in Lexington, it's time to send your questions to Freddie. Tweet at Leach Report, or you can email to leachreport at gmail.com. And you can always call toll-free at 877-904-1080. It's all Wildcats, all the time. Served up on the Monday morning quarterback edition of The Leach Report at Wild Eggs. Now, here's Tom and Freddie. Hello, everybody. Welcome into our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report, and Freddie Baggers alongside as we uh, must look back, at, uh, albeit probably much more briefly than we typically do, at Kentucky's most recent game since it was an ugly one down at Alabama on uh, Saturday. Our uh, Clark's Pump and Shop studio is a mobile one today. We're at the uh, Wild Eggs in Palomar. Uh, all by ourselves here. All the dining is going on in the uh, patio setup they have here, covered uh, patio, so you can still come and dine at Wild Eggs in that covered patio setting. Um, and um, we'll be here today for the show. If you have questions for Freddie, you can tweet them in. Tweet them to at Tom Leach, KY, on my Twitter. You can email leachreport at gmail.com as we get to the Wildcat news of the day. Um, COVID-19 is going to be a big storyline again this week for the Wildcats, as it turned out to be last week, as Kentucky uh, was down uh, several players on Saturday, including some key personnel losses. No Chris Rodriguez, no Jamin Davis, no Max Duffy, no Justin Rigg, uh, no Luke Fortner. Uh, some between a combination of injuries and COVID-19. And as far as the, uh, the COVID situation, the ones that were COVID-related and we don't know for sure which which ones were which, but those you know you don't know yet. Uh, maybe we'll get some some uh, enlightenment from Mark Stoops at his media opportunities today. But you know you don't know if somebody's going to be back in time for the Florida game this week, uh, whether it's uh, from having COVID or, or being uh, sidelined by the contact tracing, and if they get back for the game. Uh, Will that mean they won't have practiced? And then do other players uh, contract it? Because now you've got, uh, I think Sunday's a testing day for them, so they uh, would assume would get those results uh, maybe today, and they'll see if it's uh, become even more of an issue. So just, uh, but you know, it's something that a lot of uh, teams are dealing with, and in, in all sports that are trying to get played in this uh, crazy year. So. Uh, it'll be uh, certainly a roll with the punches week as far as personnel makes it difficult. And, of course, they got to face another top ten team, the Florida Gators, uh, who have, uh, like Alabama, a Heisman Trophy winner at quarterback in Kyle Trask. Florida's been installed as an early 23-point favorite for the matchup in Gainesville at noon Eastern time on Saturday. Um, on to a couple of other things. The basketball season gets started uh, this week. Kentucky slated to play on Wednesday night against Moorhead. Uh, a lot of programs are having to uh, pause their basketball, including the Florida men's basketball team. They announced that uh, they are pausing activities for the time being because of coronavirus testing. And um, there will be mo- perhaps others as we approach that uh, when Wednesday start. The U.K. women slated to start Wednesday as well, I believe, against Murray State on Wednesday afternoon. 
uh, non-COVID related, but the Auburn men's basketball program self-imposing a ban on the NCAA tournament for this upcoming season as a uh, proactive attempt to lessen the blow from the NCAA. So we'll see how that uh, turns out for the Tigers as uh, Auburn, Arizona, LSU, Louisville, all of those programs uh, waiting to see how hard the hammer drops from the NCAA. A few NBA notes. What they call like Stein uh, signed a two-year deal with Dallas, $8.2 million. Happy for Willie. Uh, Nerlens Noel signs with the Knicks, so he gets reunited with uh, assistant coach Kenny Payne there. Rajon Rondo is leaving the Lakers and signing with the Atlanta Hawks. Links to the stories that we talk about each day, you can find them on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. We are heading to a break. Freddie Maggard is on location with us here at the Wild Eggs in Palomar, and we'll be right back. Look for the Leach Report on Facebook. Show updates, contests, and other cool stuff. Check it out today. Welcome back into our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report. We're coming to you today from the uh, Wild Eggs in Palomar, where all of the dining is going on out on their covered patio. Uh, we have our uh, inside uh, studio location set up here for these broadcasts with uh, Freddie Maggard alongside. You're a former Kentucky player. I work with one of them on, on the games and Jeff Pecoro, you know, guy, days like Saturday, just, uh, you know, they, they tear you up just as much as they do the current players and coaches, right? Yeah, was, oh, let me turn up your mic. It was a gut punch, Tom, to be quite honest with you, watching, uh, watching Kentucky struggle like that. Uh, it's never fun. Um, the first quarter was, was a good performance by the Cats. I actually had statistical leads in several categories. Uh, outrushed Alabama 44 yards to five. I had more total yards. I had had more time of possessions. Had more first downs in Alabama. Uh, but from the second to the fourth quarter, Kentucky only had 59 yards from that point on, zero points and four first downs. Alabama goes on to have 435 yards, 56 points, and 26 first downs. So, it was a tell of the, of the third through fourth, or second through the fourth quarter, where Alabama really showed that depth, that talent, and it was uh, you know those playmakers from Alabama are going to are going on going to go on to play in the NFL for a reason. Devontae Smith now the all-time SEC leader in touchdown receptions. Their um, Kentucky's depth has certainly gotten markedly better, but there is depth. And there's Alabama depth yeah. and Clemson depth. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Alabama throws in four stars behind the five stars. Yeah. And, and there's five stars that are sitting for Alabama. And, and the talent discrepancy w- was there on Saturday. Uh, you know, that was a very, very good but not great Alabama defense. And I thought Kentucky early on exploited that defense. Uh, there's some superstars there. But as far as a collective, it's not a dominant defense like we're used to seeing in Alabama. And you saw Kentucky had early success in there. But then as the game wore on, depth became, became an issue. Certainly not having Chris Rodriguez hurt in his yeah. almost seven yards per carry because he could have extended drives. You could have used Rodriguez in the red zone exactly. and not had to go with those two field goal snaps that were, that were errant. I mean, they, they, were, they were not good. 
and uh, and then having Jamin Davis out kind of hurt it hurt hurt as well. And then Max Duffy, his punting, but his holding. Yeah. Even though the good fellow, there's nothing he could have done better with that snap that went over his head. Right. I did. <laughs> Gotta give kudos to Ruffalo for his hustle because it could have been easily a scoop and score. <laughs> you know, I watched the game for the second time, and I, I'm sitting there and, and hitting rewind and all that. And here is uh, Matt Ruffalo outrunning two five star cornerbacks yeah. from Alabama to they're, get the They'll hear about that. Oh, my Alabama goodness. Yeah. Players. Th- that, that might have been the most <laughs> impressive thing that I saw athletically <laughs> from Kentucky in that game. Uh, this was uh, a a very difficult challenge going in. I was saying last week several times, Kentucky just needs to try to find a plan, find a way to hang around to the fourth quarter. The only hope you have of an upset. And I wasn't saying I, I got a, a note from a listener. You know, They're not going to try to win. They shouldn't go. Not what not what the point is. You if you're in that situation, that big of an under same way as this week, you just want to hang around. Till the fourth quarter, stay in the game. Maybe within a, if, if you lead, great. But even if you're just within seven, ten points, so that you get there, and then maybe that opponent starts to tighten up a little bit, and they make a mistake, and you get to capitalize, and that's how you, you know, that's the script. And Kentucky started the game uh, looking like they might be able to do that with some of the things they were doing offensively. A lot of motion, a lot of shifting. Nick Saban, I think, in the halftime interview with Cole Kubelik admitted it was uh, gave him some problems early. Uh, but you can only do the trickery so long, and when you have a plan like that, if you could have stolen twenty-one points out of those three good drives, then you know, then uh, you know you, you've uh, you've made a, a significant statement. Instead, Kentucky played a pretty good offensive first half and was down twenty-eight to three. Yeah, and again, Chris Rodriguez in the red zone—that—that's that, your primary ball carrier. But I will say this. I thought A.J. Rose uh, had his best game as a Kentucky Wildcat. 68 yards. He ran tough. He yeah. ran. He broke had tackles. The, broke tackles. He, he did everything he was supposed to do in that football game. And I thought A.J. had his best game to this point uh, through his senior season. So, But, again, you know, you, you have three trips to the red zone, come out with three points early on. And it, if you're an underdog team, you cannot score enough points in the first half. And when you have to score touchdowns in the red zone against a team like Alabama that is so explosive, Devontae Smith, John Mechie, all those weapons, Najee Harris. Najee Harris at one point had six carries for five yards. Alabama averaged .8 rush yards in the first quarter. So the formula was there. Uh, Kentucky gave Alabama its best punch. Bama survived that punch and then started throwing haymakers at the Cats. More with Freddie Maggard when we come back. It's the Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report. And we'll continue after this timeout on the the, uh, Leach Report Radio Network. This is where the Big Blue Nation gathers. It's Talk Radio 1080 and the Leach Report, followed by Kentucky Sports Radio. Freddie Maggard on location with me for our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report. When he's on the phone with us, it's via the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline, which will be going back to for our guests tomorrow. But uh, we're on location at the uh, Wild Eggs in Palomar. 
alternate between here at Hamburg each week and obviously no indoor dining, so that's why you're uh, not hearing the regular hubbub you hear uh, around us when we're on location for these shows. But the uh, dining, they do have an expanded patio set up here and an even bigger patio out of the Hamburg location for you to uh, take advantage of so you can still dine at Wild Eggs just uh, outdoors in the patio sitting situation. Speaking of uh, food, Freddie, uh, early happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. You as well. Um, so Thanksgiving, uh, every, everybody's got the turkey, but the debate is usually the favorite side dishes. What is it for you? What do you look most forward to? My sister's sweet potato casserole. Ooh. Yeah. So you got a family member who has a specialty. Yes, That's always good. exactly. It's uh, uh, she melts the marshmallows on top of it. I hate marshmallows. I cannot. I've, my entire <laughs> life, I hate marshmallows with a passion. But if they're melted. With the pecans and everything on sweet potatoes, that's my favorite side dish. By far, yeah, it's good. No. I could eat just that for Thanksgiving and be fine. <laughs> nothing would be nothing wrong with that, I don't think. I'm, uh, I, it's one of my – it might be, well be my fi- favorite as well. Um, well, you mentioned A.J. Rose ran the ball really well. After the game, he um, generated some, some buzz on social media uh, with some comments. He said, uh, we could have called some better plays, and that's what got – uh, most of the attention. Now he also said, talking about Eddie Grant, he called what he thought would uh, would work, and we had to go out there and execute it, and we failed at that. So uh, AJ uh, went on Twitter later to try to uh, explain he wasn't calling out his coach. So you know, was it a a moment of honesty and in, in frustration, or was he saying that it's a total team failure, which it was? Um, I don't think this a it's a big big deal. I don't think no, be a problem. I, I don't. If you re- if you read his team. comments in context, I don't think there was any malice intended from AJ Rose. Uh, you know, I, I think he just was talking that that the team could have and should have executed better in the red zone. That's been a problem for Kentucky all year. Kentucky right now has scored 11 touchdowns out of 21 trips in the red zone. Yeah, they had scored. I think after that first field goal. 12 consecutive times yes. they've gotten a score. Yes. But you want to get a higher percentage of touchdowns, touchdowns than yeah. they've been getting. Kentucky scored 17 out of 21 chances in the red zone. However, just 11 out of 21 touchdowns. Now, for comparison's sakes, the Cats' opponent on Saturday, Florida, has scored 34 out of 35 trips to the red zone. 27 out of 35 of those trips resulted in a touchdown. That leads to Southeastern Conference. And as you mentioned, that that situation down there near you know the goal line or in, inside certainly the 20, but especially inside the 10, um, you would have uh, leaned heavily on Chris Rodriguez there. Absolutely. So his absence yeah. was uh, was noteworthy in that spot on the field. And uh, don't know if, if they'll get him back this week uh, or not, but um, yeah. you know it's it's a situation that they um, you know if they find themselves in that again, got to find a way to try to come up with something. I mean, you have two point plays that you go in with uh, into a game that if you get in a situation where you need a two point conversion, you got a couple of plays or for, you use them for overtime. You have to find that some something to come up with, especially if they don't have C Rod to uh, find a way to get uh, a, a better shot at seven. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that is imperative. Once you, Kentucky did a good job of moving from 30 to 30, but once they got in the red zone, came out with just three points there in the first quarter. Second half, different story. Kentucky only ran 20 plays and had one first down. 
It was on the first snap. Yeah, in the third and fourth quarters against Alabama. So that, that's when the game really got out of hand. The Cats had their shot earlier, early in the game, and just just did not uh, just did not deliver the uh, the knockout blow it needed to. Mark Stoops felt it was important to show up and play, uh, even though they were shorthanded and they they were over the the, the limit. So um, I think Mississippi State had 49 players available. Kentucky had more than the 53. I'm not sure how many more, but, but they had it, uh, the limit. But, um, so they, it was important to them to, to try and put up the fight, even though they were short of some, some very key personnel. Uh, it seemed like with, between that and just the way COVID has been in general for, for players, and then the week started with a memorial service for John Schlarman, a very emotional part of the of the week for the players that at, at some point I don't think they ever quit they were trying but I think their spirit probably got broken at some point there yeah it's been a tough season for Kentucky it's been a tough season for everybody but for for Kentucky you know <coughs> Mark Stoops and his team have to deal with Chris Oates that that too the yeah. situation uh, John Schlarman passing you know had the memorial service a very emotional time for those players and and, and that's after you know, against Vanderbilt, that offensive line, that offense came out and really just played lights out. But at some point in time, all that emotion catches up to you. And emotion equal emotion can drain your energy. Yeah. And that, that may be what we saw at, at Alabama. This, in the second half. In yeah. the second half. This team could have just been drained, washed after, out from all the emotion. Yeah, it's kind of what it felt like after everything that went wrong in the game, where, you know, if you get three touchdowns instead of one field goal from those trips down in or close to the red zone, you that, you know, gives you some of that, that energy and fire. Um, you know, at, Think back. I don't know how many of these guys uh, pay attention to golf, but I was watching the uh, final round of the Masters the weekend before. Tiger Woods got a ten on the twelfth <laughs> yeah. hole. Yeah, you know, it, Kentucky got a you know a fifteen or something the equivalent yeah. on on Saturday, but he birdied five of the next six holes. Yeah, and he had no chance to win, but he wasn't going to let that be the the lasting memory. Right. I thought that was a tremendous tribute to a to a guy who's a pro. Uh, so that's kind of where Kentucky football team is now. Yeah. You don't want Saturday to be the memory of the season. No, you can't. You can't let Alabama beat you twice, and, and you can't let a sixty-three to three loss be the defining moment of the season, especially in a year that Kentucky beat Tennessee at Tennessee. Yeah, you know, you, you got you got you got to play that card more uh, going down to Florida, who's who's a very arguably a playoff team with. Possibly the, the the top candidate for the Heisman Trophy and Kyle Trask, yeah, who is absolutely lighting it up. Seventy percent completion ratio, already has two thousand five hundred and fifty four yards and thirty one touchdown passes. Tom. More with Freddie in just a moment on the UK on the uh, Leach Report Radio Network. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio ten eighty. You can interact with the show via Twitter at Leach Report. Now here's Tom. From the Clark's Pop and Shop Studio, it's the Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday Morning Quarterback Edition of the Leach Report with Freddie Maggard uh, on location here at the Wild Eggs in Palabar. Uh, we switch between uh, Palabar and the Hamburg location each week. Obviously, you're not hearing any of the the. Um, 
patrons uh, around us uh, dining. Not getting, uh, we're not getting any visits from uh, listeners who, who stop by to say hi because, um, with per the uh, the current restrictions that uh, restaurants and bars are under, um, all of the dining on location here at Wild Eggs is on their expanded. Here at Palomar, and they've got the same out in Hamburg. They also have, uh, have hooked up with DoorDash, so you can get uh, wild eggs delivered, or you can uh, call for curbside pickup as well. Uh, a good way to, to start your day after Thanksgiving would be with wild eggs. Freddie Maggard is uh, here. Um, a note before we get back into uh, some football talk. So, where uh, Terry Compton passed away uh, at 67 of uh, COVID-19 related complications. He was uh, a star player at Vanderbilt and I saw uh, the name and I thought I remember him as a Kentuckian I think. So I started uh, going into to Google just to refresh my memory and he uh, led Hart County to the state tournament one year uh, was a great player there and went down to Vanderbilt and played one of several Kentuckians over the years who uh, went down and played for Vandy and uh, had a great career for a Vandy team that won the SEC title in 74. And one of the interesting notes, uh, Freddie will appreciate this as a uh, former uh, high school basketball, baseball, football star, uh, Terry Compton played on his high school team in the eighth grade. And he played five years then of varsity basketball in high school. And then he went down to Vanderbilt. And for, what would that be, eight straight years, he led the team in scoring. That is an incredible That's pretty good, yeah. Yeah. So uh, probably some members of his family uh, that are listening along our network. And so um, we uh, send condolences out to uh, them, a former SEC star, and uh, Terry Compton. All right, uh, back to a little football. And now uh, Kentucky has to, to find a way to, to bounce back this week. Uh, Florida, it's interesting. Kyle Trask, you mentioned how well he's playing, the numbers he's put up. The t- Kyle Trask era really was launched here in Lexington last year when Kentucky knocked uh, Felipe Franks out of the game, who's now the quarterback out at Arkansas, and Kyle Trask came in and led Florida from behind to a win. Absolutely, and he is playing as good as anybody in the country right now. Florida with the number one pass offense in the nation and the Southeastern Conference, averaging 377 yards through the air per game. Uh, Just uh, Trask is having a tremendous season. Uh, 31 touchdowns uh, and only three interceptions. That, that's that's getting it done through the air. Uh, Kadarius Tony is back. He is playing extremely well as a receiver. Kyle Pitts, the tight end, has, mat- has missed the last couple games through due to concussion protocol, and we'll see if he's back. But but Trask is surrounded by uh, just pass catchers. Grimes is there. Uh, so but but defensively, Florida has really started playing much better. I know he gave up some yards and points against Vanderbilt. But what concerns me about the Gators is when I look at the Havoc stats. Florida is first in the SEC in quarterback sacks with 21. Florida's first in the SEC with 46 tackles for loss. So a lot goes on in the opponent's backfield. That, that, that bothers me. That worries me about Kentucky going in there because UK is a team that has to play on schedule and cannot get behind the chains. Yeah, when they're in third and seven, third and eight yeah, or more, that's, that's not good. their percentages is in, of conversions is just incredibly low. And right. so they've got to uh, try to, as you said, stay out of that, which yeah. you'd like to be able to run the ball. And so <clears> yeah. it goes, kind of, goes back to the uh, the deal with Rodriguez. And if some of these guys, uh, if the one, whichever ones are COVID-related, they're probably still going to have to miss at least some practice time this week. You probably remember this from your days. Uh, I know over the years have uh, uh, found 
learned this as you you know are around a team. Some guys can miss the week of practice and still be fine. They can get it yeah. through watching tape, uh, going to the meetings and everything. A good example of that, uh, as far as a former player here, was Wesley Woodyard. Yeah. Wesley could, could be dinged up, and they said, just take off practice this week, just get ready for Saturday. They'd be fine. Other players need those reps they, you know, that, to, to be most effective. Um, so, and that's something, you know, it just, it is what it is. You have to deal yeah. with that. You know, and then I, I, obviously I didn't deal with COVID uh, back then, but reps, yes, certain players need reps just to get uh, mental visualization of what's going to happen on Saturday. But this point in the season, conditioning is not a factor. I right. mean, if you take COVID out of it, because I don't know what that does to players. But normally, you can miss a week of practice and not be out of physical condition. I mean, you're this deep into the season. But yes, mental reps and having Rodriguez will be will be nice for Kentucky uh, because he's only allowed one negative play out of his sixty out of his eighty seven carries. So that's something you know with with this uh, Florida defense that is heavy on havoc stats. Like I said, tackles for loss and quarterback sacks. Uh, Kentucky uh, lost Terrell Asia during the game, so. We'll maybe get an update on, on his status as far as his injury if he's available this week uh, because you want to have as many bodies as you can uh, in that secondary. Kentucky did play, and part of this is, is how the game got to you know sixty three to three is that you know Kentucky uh, first of all couldn't come couldn't make first downs and couldn't keep the ball away from Alabama in that second half just one first down in the whole half and then they were playing a lot of young guys on uh, on defense uh, guys like Justin Rogers uh, got uh, a good bit of run several guys in the secondary Carrington Valentine Geiger Williams were others so um, those were meaningful reps for those guys but they were up against it as far as trying to stop Alabama but the point being is this week um, you know secondary uh, seems to be, other than Ajon, in, uh, in good shape as far as we know. Uh, Joseph had another pick. Four now leads yeah. the SEC in the nation, I think, right? It's second in the nation. He's first in the SEC. Kelvin Joseph has, you know, he had a rough start. Mm-hmm. But he, he knocked that rust off, and he's playing extremely well. Uh, Kentucky played a lot of zone against Alabama, so a lot of times it was the uh, it was odds on who he had. But he matched up well against Devontae Smith, and that was an, a matchup that he took advantage of and, and had an interception there. So Kelvin Joseph, like I said, second in the nation, four, uh, first in the SEC with four interceptions, playing extremely well. Um, again, he, he's going to have to have another – he's going to have to have a big game. This secondary is going to have to have a big game against Florida. And and Kentucky's played a lot more zone since the old Miss game. Right. And it's been – it had, until the last couple of weeks, had, had served them well. But what that means is that the linebackers are a big part of that, right. too. It's not just, you know, great corners locking guys yeah. up in time in coverage. Jamin Davis with a couple of picks. Uh, Deer Jackson has one. Jordan Wright has one. And um, so you had an inside linebacker situation where not only did you not have Davis, you didn't have J- Deer Jackson, uh Torrance Davis is maybe third on the depth chart. He was on the uh, unavailable list. Uh, and again, some are COVID, some are injuries. But they were really playing with two, three inside linebackers yeah. for those two spots. And one of them, DeAndre Square, still not back to 100%. Right. And, and they were gassed. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and nothing against them. I mean, you play against that Alabama passing game, you have to, be, you have to account for the running backs. Yeah. And that's the linebacker's role. We saw Najee Harris wide open on a. In and, and, and the flats there for a big play, uh, you know so, some others, but that 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 is uh, that is Marcus Brambury who who played well, 
but you have to have a lot of reps to understand the passing attack, especially when you're facing the nation's number one and two passing attack against yeah. Alabama and Florida. I mean, that, that, that's, uh, that's something that you've got to do. And, and having Bembry and Square playing virtually every snap, um, that will wear them down quite a bit, even though Alabama ran the ball 40 times compared to passing 26. Nick Saban did not try to run up the score. Alabama right. ran the ball uh, every play. Main, Last two drives, they ran. They never threw a pass. Yeah. Uh, Bryce Young had two pass attempts. The rest were runs to finish up the game. <laughs> Boy, his first one was as pretty a throw as, yeah, as that, you'll see from anybody was, this season. Yeah, that, was a, that was one of those home run shots. Yeah, dropped Put it, it right, over the, so. right over the shoulder. All right, we're going to get to a break. We're uh, on location at the Wild Eggs in Panama with Freddie Baggert for our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback show, and we'll be right back. Find out more about the voice of the Cats and get great coverage of the Big Blue at TomLeachKY.com. 13 away from the top of the hour. We're chatting with our buddy Freddie Maggard here on our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report. Obviously, uh, not much fun to talk about that game on Saturday. And really, Freddie, not a whole lot of fun to look at <laughs> the one this Saturday as good as, as the Gators are. But, uh, you know, the Kentucky kids, uh, I think, still have fight left in them. Yeah, and they're proud. And yeah. uh, so I, 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 uh, I'd be interested to see how they respond. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm uh, uh, hopeful and optimistic that they will uh, show that fight uh, this week after yeah. what they went through on Saturday. Yeah, there's no quit in this team. I mean, th- their head coach will not let them do that. And, and I didn't. I don't. I do not think they quit against Alabama. I thought they just ran against, ran up against uh, the nation's best team, and things didn't go their way early. And, and circumstances happen. Yeah, Alabama uh, offensively quite uh, a stable of stars there, and Mac Jones uh, does a, a nice job of. Uh, Get the ball to the right spots. Uh, you know, I don't think he's, um, you know, the next Aaron Rodgers or anything, but very uh, efficient, doesn't seem to make too many mistakes. Now, right. Kentucky did get one pick, probably should have had two, as right. uh, Jordan yeah. Wright made a great read on a shallow crossing route, dropped back, and he threw it right to him. Could have been a big play for Kentucky. Yeah, as far as Mac Jones's numbers go, uh, Saturday was not a good game for him, 16 to 24. Threw a pick, 230 yards and a couple of touchdowns. He did average 14 yards per completion. He didn't have to do a lot, to be quite right. honest with you. I mean, he, he did not have to have those 30, 40 uh, pass attempts to, to make it happen, and Alabama leaned on that run game. There will be times when uh, later on we'll, we'll you know, start looking and talking about next season. Um, but one thing that um, you know has frustrated fans that Kentucky's got to find a way to, to do is be able to get the ball down the field more right. effectively. It took a shot a post pattern to DeMarcus Harris should have been a targeting penalty on the on the Bama player ended up knocking DeMarcus out of the game because of the helmet to helmet hit but um, you know it was uh, you know it was into double coverage and, yeah. and Terry did throw it up and, and let him take a shot Try at make it a play. they got a pass interference out of it but there's just Kentucky uh, has had uh, really very little ability to get the ball uh, down the field yeah and and right now arguably the best vertical Threat for Kentucky is Keaton Upshaw. Yeah, who, who's really he had three catches uh, against Alabama. I think he's coming along very well, but he had to out of necessity. Justin Rigg was out, and, and Keaton Upshaw has to be that one target that that, that the quarterbacks can have. But uh, one what, one pass completion in the second half that that 
that that uh, Kentucky struggled in the air. They've got to find a way to uh, get back. I think back to that 2016 offense in the second half of the year when they got rolling was so much fun to watch. And I uh, have compared it to the old Oakland Raiders of the 70s where you had a great running game and then you threw deep shots off play action off that. Steven yeah. Johnson was uh, very, very good, good at, yeah. at, uh, at that. But you had uh, Bidette and uh, Juice Johnson and guys like that that could uh, stretch defense and take the top off of it. Maybe Isaiah Epps can uh, uh, you know, be a guy here in the last couple of games and into next season. Unfortunately, he's had so many injuries, but I thought he had one really nice catch on yeah. Saturday, and so he's come back now, had two games under his belt, and has made uh, a couple of nice catches. So maybe he can build on that. He's uh, the guy they've always thought could take the top off of the, of the defense for well, them. A number I'm looking at that really defines this game, one of the defining statistical categories of this game, Kentucky averaged 4.8 yards per pass attempt compared to Alabama's 10.9 yards per attempt. Different in completions, Alabama averaged 15 per completion, uh, but Kentucky only averaging 4.8 yards per attempt, 120 yards. Quarterbacks combined to be 10 of 25 uh, for an interception, which was a pick six. So, yes, uh, those pass catchers against Alabama and against Georgia – we're having a hard time separating or, 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 or getting open or forcing Alabama to get out of the back pedal. And then you saw Jordan Battle, the strong safety, and Malachi Moore, the star position for Alabama, really start loading that box and playing against the run. Kentucky averaged 1.8 yards per carry. But you do have to factor in the negative 39 yards that happened on the uh, field goal botched snap. Yeah, true. Uh, that's a, uh, a stat they really need to change in college football. Yeah. It's an unfair to the offense. Yeah, that's to, twice now Kentucky's had that happen uh, against uh, Alabama and against Mississippi State with the, with the with the punt snap at that point. Yeah, that's uh, that's right. I forgot about that one. All right, we're going to get to a quick break. Come back with our final segment of the Leach Report uh, Radio Network Monday Morning Quarterback Show with Freddie Mac. Well, if Freddie were on the phone, he'd be on the KentuckyHempWorks.com online. But he's here in person with us at the Wild Eggs in Palomar for our final segment of this Monday show. And um, it's uh, this week, abbreviated week because of the holiday. We'll have a best of show on uh, Thursday with some of the earlier interviews from the year. And then a pre-recorded show on Friday. So it won't be best of. It'll be some, some fresh content uh, previewing the uh, basketball games of this weekend and also the Kentucky-Florida football game. Um, Freddie, as you, as you look, we're soon here going to start to see, I guess, the first unveiling of the college football playoff rankings. Yeah. Do you think Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, uh, is it one of those three that's going to win this? Uh, is Notre Dame, do you think, a serious now, challenger in your mind? I, I, I think you have three teams, Alabama, Ohio State, let me put this again. You have two teams, I think, that, that are head and shoulders above everybody. That's Alabama and Ohio State. I think Clemson is right there, and then Notre Dame is, is down a little bit, in my opinion. So one of those, one of those four, uh, I think. But Alabama and, and, and Ohio State are just really, really good football teams. I know uh, Dabo Swinney was, was upset about Florida State, uh, had some comments out there about <coughs> them not wanting to play the game. And uh, – and, you know, that, that's going to hurt them a little bit. You know, obviously it's going to hurt the Heisman uh, Trophy uh, uh, with the, with their quarterback. Uh, so we'll see. But I, I think Alabama Ohio State are head and shoulders above everybody else. Of those uh, teams that are from the non-Power 5 leagues, 
Uh, Coastal Carolina's having a nice season, but yeah. they're they're in a uh, they got no shot of getting in there. But um, could a Cincinnati uh, with what they're doing, uh, uh, you know, somebody like that, could they compete? No. Yeah. No. Not not with Alabama or Ohio State or Clemson or Notre, maybe with Notre Dame, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I don't see uh, I don't I, you know, and that's no disrespect to Cincinnati. I think having a great f- season, very very good football team. Same yeah. with BYU, very very good football team. It's kind of like it, what, it's a different team when you play Alabama and Clemson, who have all that depth. Ohio State, after years of stacking up recruiting classes that are tops in the country, yeah. I mean that, that's a different program for those three. It's like I was saying, kind of go back to what I said at the beginning. Uh, Kentucky's depth is better than it's been in a long time, but there's that depth, and there's depth that you know Cincinnati has or Indiana has or etc. And then there's Alabama depth. Yeah, it's, it's totally different. You could say the same with Ohio State and Clemson. Yeah, I mean, look at Clemson. With the, went into Notre Dame with a true freshman backup quarterback, and, and nearly beat the Irish it, at Notre Dame. So now Indiana did put up a, a nice fight did. against Ohio State. I got to, Jeff and I were watching some of it up in the booth as we were getting ready for the game. You have a great individual talent there in their quarterback yes. that can uh, offset some of the other advantages Ohio State has, right? Yeah, and receiver, too. Had, yeah. They had a receiver go for over 200 yards. Uh, I think that Allen, the coach there at Indiana, has done a tremendous job of having that program, believing that it can play with Ohio State, and they did in Columbus. Yeah, I gave them uh, a tremendous battle. looked like one couple times they might get blown out and they kept yeah, coming back. So, absolutely. Uh, it was a fun, uh, fun game to watch. But uh, this week we've seen – Kentucky's seen Alabama and Auburn. They played yeah. the Iron Bowl this week. Auburn got no shot, right? No, no, absolutely not. You know, and, I, and I got a lot of friends around the Alabama program, and they're you – know, even though they beat Kentucky 63-6 to and playing at this level that we see – and they're worried to death about their defense. <laughs> you know, it's just a, it's a total different, uh, total different program. Well, Freddie, uh, thanks as always for stopping by. Uh, you and the family have a, a very enjoyable, safe Thanksgiving. You too, Tom. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, that's going to do it for our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback show from here at Wild Eggs. We'll be back uh, tomorrow with uh, Tom Hart. Uh, he uh, worked the football game and also worked uh, Kentucky basketball with Madness and the Pro Days. So a uh, lot to, to talk with him about. Uh, so we'll do that tomorrow. Uh, you guys have a great rest of your Monday. Uh, Coach Stoops News Conference uh, coming up later today and then the uh, radio show in the UK Network at 6 Eastern time tonight. We'll see you tomorrow here on the Leach Report Radio Network. Served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Thanks for listening to The Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow The Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question for Tom, email it to leachreport at gmail.com. See you next time, right here on 